Welcome to the Warrior Within podcast. From current events, comedy, and entertainment, to mental health, hobbies, and the paranormal. You name it, we cover it. Totally raw and unfiltered. So buckle up, strap on your helmet, and let's get ready to rock this mother And now, here's your host, Chris Borelli, a.k.a. Sibo. Hello, monkey turds. Hello, everybody. We got um, a couple people on here tonight. We have uh, Lena, Hello. my wife, but she refuses to get on camera. And then uh, we've got Stephanie Bingham um, coming from Kentucky. Uh, yep. Steph- Stephanie is a paranormal researcher. Um, she has a master's in history. She's been seen on Paranormal Lockdown, Mysteries Decoded, and School Spirits on the Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. Um and she's interested in all things paranormal, and she was just showing me something cool. I don't know if I can talk about it, so I'll let her get into it. Um, so currently, you what did you say you do? Uh, you're a tour guide at a distillery? I'm a tour guide and historian for the distillery, yes. Historian. Uh, so do tours through the distillery, do research on the property, do ghost tours through the area, all sorts of stuff like that. That was going to be my next question, too. Is The distillery, does it have uh, activity? Absolutely, it does. Really? It's very haunted. Actually, when I did my, uh, when I went in for my interview, they actually asked me, you know, all the normal questions going along. And then, can you get rid of the ghost that's Was one of the questions in the interview. I was like, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Can you do that's that? Normal, kind of? right? Do you do some of that? Yeah. Do you help guide, guide spirits? That's awesome. That's really cool. Sometimes guide's a good word. Sometimes removal's a better word. It just depends on the ghost. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about cryptids because that's that's sort of a new thing for me um i know that's sort of one of your areas of expertise so what what is a cryptid a cryptid is essentially an animal that is not known to science now that can be mean a lot of different things like the okapi the lowland gorilla were technically considered cryptids until they were found and classified by western scientists and the discovery of animals like that gives a lot of people hope that other things like famous cryptids, Bigfoot, Yeti, things like that, could actually be real live animals. And there's actually quite a bit of evidence for things like Bigfoot and Yeti specifically. Mm-hmm. There's lots of cultural evidence, lots of foot, uh, footprints, lots of hair, lots of weird things like that, that could very well lead to that. So that's in general what a cryptid is. But cryptids sort of come in two types. The types that people are like, yeah, that could well be definitely a live animal or an animal that's been extinct that we're finding again, something like that, the celial cant. Yep. Uh, and then you have the cryptids that are a little wilder, mm-hmm. uh, Jersey Devil, Mothman, things like that, that people will swear up and down that they've seen, but science is just kind of laughing at because there's sure. not physical evidence of these things. And I generally prefer the ones on the on the weird side because I think that there's things there that people aren't looking at that science doesn't have the technology to quite quantify yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Are you familiar with uh, with Skinwalker Ranch at all? (laughs) 
Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> last night I had um I had Erica Lukes on last night. Who's she's spent some time out there and does a lot of research on it. And uh, yeah, there's some interesting stuff. One of my degrees is in anthropology. I had the uh, chance to go out to one of the reservations to do a anthropological project and turned it down after somebody suggested I might not want to that was better versed in that due to the things that are down there. Skinwalkers, just a simple idea that I found terrifying. Yeah. Like the idea of something like a Kushtaka, the land otter man, that's much more palatable to me than the than the skinwalkers. That's right. not right. what you want to meet on a dark road. Yeah, yeah. And the, I guess the idea out there is that there's portals and there's all kinds of things coming in and out of there. And Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Lena's um, obsessed with the Mothman. I mean, I love that movie. So every time we hear Mothman, her ears perk. That movie. Mothman's just... a great story, though. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy to me. It is. Yeah, I didn't realize. So in the movie, what was John Keel? John Keel wrote the book, mm-hmm. but wasn't he a character in the movie as well? He's the main character, isn't he? John. No, that's John Klein in the movie. Oh well, maybe they did they just alter the name, or is he like a separate character? Uh, I don't know. From what happens, I believe he is meant to be sort of amalgam of several people that actually were involved in the Mothman flap. Uh-huh. But if you go to the Point Pleasant Museum, they actually have a lot of John Kill's letters there when he was actually writing about what was happening and the interviews and the MIBs and everything else that happened in Point Pleasant. It's it's a really fascinating, really in-depth case with. A lot of things that aren't as explainable as people would like them to be. Sure, yeah. Is that um, has anything occurred out there since since that whole flap, or is it did it all stop? <coughs> uh, depends on who you ask. Uh, okay. There are people that report uh, not necessarily Mothman sightings, but sightings of strange objects in the sky, lots of hauntings, lots of things that you expect to occur in that sort of flap area where things are going crazy. You get a lot of weird things in a very compact area. And there's still been sightings of MIBs and things like that out there as well. But there's been dozens of Mothman sightings in the last year or so in the Chicagoland area. Really? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the idea that he might be a harbinger of doom or something like that. Some people like to go that route with him. I'm not sure if I fall into that camp or not. But there's been a lot, a lot of sightings in Chicago of Mothman. Really? Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the movie totally makes him out. Well, no, because the movie makes him out to be like this, almost, almost like an not an angel of mercy, but like I don't know, like he comes almost as a warning, you know. So like, so like even if he, even if he's like sprung from death, he's still like. I guess I see some sort of redeeming quality there because. I mean, he always appears before something happens. So now what the hell's going to happen in Chicago? Right? Who knows? So, fun fact, I've been to Point Pleasant many times, and there's lots of oddities that happen there. There was the whole issue with cheap corn stalk being murdered there and a supposed curse being placed on the area. But one of the things I do just in general, I'm a medium. I can transfer and feel and see and talk to things that aren't as physical as other things. Uh, one of the things in Point Pleasant that I noticed, there's a sentient spirit there that's not entirely human, which I kind of associate with the Mothman phenomena, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have a physical form that I could find. Mm-hmm. But it was this overwhelming 
sadness, just what did they do to me? What am I? Just the sort of, and that was a sentiment very much with it was what did they do to me? And I'm not quite sure where to pin that or really? who the they are or anything, but it was very, very set on that, just this overwhelming sadness and what did they do to me? And in wow. the igloos, you get this crazy, like the actual igloos out in the TNT area. If you've ever been in the woods yep. and you go out there and all the sound stops around you. I've been reading too much uh, Missing 411 recently, but yeah. generally before that you hear that and you're like, oh, there's a predator nearby. And the last couple of times I've been out there, it did that where everything stopped and it was just quiet. There's no bugs. And I always go in the summer because I'm stupid. But, uh, you know, you go out there. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it's hot and it's gross, but that's when you go. And all the bugs and everything stop. And you can feel the energy around you change. But I've yet to see what's there. It's a very odd, very that's eerie so place. creepy. That's so yeah, creepy. it's super creepy. It's a great yeah. It's a great place to go on a trip, but not where you'd want to stay long term, I don't think. That sounds awesome to that's me. That's the thing. I think I'd only have the balls to, like, just drive through. Like, I don't know that I oh, could, no. like, stay. Going, and, like... stay at the haunted hotel in town. The Low Hotel. Oh, is there? There's one there? Yeah. Right downtown, it's the Haunted Low Hotel. So you can actually stay in the Haunted Hotel, look for Mothman, and then come back to see the ghost in your room at night. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> She's like... Uh, well, then what if what if you bring the ghost home? Like, that's my fear. Like, Chris and I have had an experience with a ghost in our house. And yeah. so, like... And I know that they can, like, attach to people, not, like, yeah. property. And so it's like... You know, when people are like, oh, come stay, like, in the mental asylum or something, I'm like, look, man, I've already had a ghost. I don't know that I need to, like, pick up another one. And, and that's my my fear is that it's going to, like, decide it likes us and, like, come to live with us, dude. Yeah, like, and then it's not, so, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> so I'm the wrong person to ask about that because I collect them. Um, oh. I have several that end up at my house. I'll go to antique stores and specifically look for objects that have spirits attached to them I've because better that. they come home with me than go home with somebody that doesn't want them, you know. Uh, but even if one does follow you home, you're alive, you're in your body, you can kick them out if you want to, but they're yeah. generally not as bad as they seem. Right. Generally. It's just something you don't understand. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. I mean, it, de it depends. Like, I've... I mean, I definitely feel like family can come back and, and mm -hmm. whatever, oh, sure. you know, yeah. and then obviously it's like a comforting presence. But, you know, when you're going to a haunted place, you don't know necessarily what you're messing with. And it's but like it's different for you because you're a professional, like you're trained, you know how to handle it. But like me and Chris, we'd be the bumbling idiots that would like go in there oh, and yes. like be scared, go running, like end up having a demon attached to us that like completely like yeah. destroys our life. Like I'm good. We've seen so many of these movies. Like yeah. I'm okay leaving it like on the TV screen. Yeah. Demons luckily happen very, very rarely, but yeah. there is always that occasional chance. Have you ever had experience with any like poltergeist activity? I specialize in inhuman spirits. Yeah. So I get lots of traditional poltergeist activities, items moving, sounds, doors opening. I've been bitten, I've been scratched, I've been pushed um, different really? times, different locations. Yeah. Uh, but none of those are the sort of ideal poltergeist because they're not caused by the psychic energy of a teenage child. 
Right. But as poltergeist, meaning noisy ghost, yeah, I've, I've got one that lives with me. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I love this stuff, man. It's, I, this I mean, if my... it's a good, if it's a good spirit, then it's great. You know, just as long as you don't get the wrong one. Exactly. And my whole thing with ghosts, specifically in my house, is they have to follow the house rules. You can't come into the bedroom. You can't bother me if I'm doing something. You can't touch me. And you cannot mess with my cat. That is the unbreakable rule. If you mess with the cat, you're out. That's actually a good point. How So, like, the cat. How's the cat? I We were talking before we went live about how her cat is, like, a, a little a little person, like, mm-hmm. completely. How does your cat do with, with having, like, that kind of energy? So I specifically picked her out because she's a Siamese cat, and Siamese were originally bred with the idea of keeping evil spirits out of Buddhist temples. Oh, they okay. are predisposed to seeing dead people, and cats are already predisposed to see dead people, so it was a higher, higher chance that she could. So I got her specifically for that reason, so when I lived alone... I could have confirmation that I'm seeing something and she's reacting to it too. Just yeah. makes you feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in general, she does very good with it. There's some there that will like to play with her and she chases them and things like that. So she's, it's, she's always been around it. So she's very acclimatized to what's happening around us. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. It sounds like built in entertainment for you. Honestly. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who needs television, right? Yeah. You're never yeah. alone. Um, so tell me about Paranormal Lockdown. So you go, you go, what, how, is it one episode you were on or you did a few? Did or? one episode of Paranormal Lockdown with them. Okay. Where did uh, you go? They actually came out to Jim Beam Distillery uh-huh. and I sort of had the keys to the place. So oh, I took them around. the distillery you work at, the Beam? Oh, that's cool. I took them around to the most haunted places on property, one of the old buildings on campus, we had two warehouses that are very, very haunted with very different spirits in them. And we locked them in and let them sleep inside the warehouses and all sorts of stuff like that. So they had booze and booze. It was very, yeah. uh, very interesting. They found a lot of really interesting stuff there. Katrina I believes she saw a manifesting uh, sort of shadow figure in one of the warehouses. They all smelled things that should not be there. Lots of sounds, lots of pictures, lots of evidence on the... Uh, they had these little meters that when you touch them, they go off, but they were attaching them to glassware. Oh, wow. And they had that going off. And they got a lot of EVPs in the locations as well. And it was really, really fascinating to see what was going to come out and play with them while they were on campus. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, Katrina, is that Katrina? Was she on Paranormal State? Is that the same? She's on Paranormal State, and she's currently on uh, Portals to Hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember her. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I wanted to reach out to her and, and try to get her on here too. Um, so tell me about some of your own experiences. You've had obviously many because you have some that live with you. So <laughs> I do. I do. I think the one that people generally like the most, like hearing about anyways, the most happened to me when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I ended up with a roommate who was also psychic. <laughs> So two psychics in the oldest building on campus that's haunted. It, nice. It led for a, it was a weird time and very hard to study for finals always. Yeah. But uh, we were there and her mom went on a mission trip and ministered to people who didn't necessarily want to be ministered to, accepted a gift, brought it back to her mother's house, and strange things started happening there. Sounds, footsteps, giggles, and sounds on the stairs specifically got a little creeped out so being my roommate being a good daughter that she was 
took the gift, brought it back to our dorm room, slid it under my bed without telling me, and <laughs> went on about life. Uh, you know, <laughs> everything stopped at her parents' house. And uh, I didn't know what was going on at the time. So I s- had a friend that came up to me one day, and she was telling me about this weird dream she had. She was sleeping in bed, and she woke up in the dream in a bed, and there was this cute little girl at the end of the bed smiling at her, and she was terrified. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry you had a bad dream. Don't know what to tell you. It'll be better, I promise. You know, send them on their way. And then I hear the story again from a different friend, but this time she woke up laying in sort of an old-style bathtub, and there was a little girl at the foot of the bathtub smiling at her, and she was super creeped out. Mm-hmm. And then I heard it yeah. a third time. And by the time I heard it the third time, I was like, well, something's going on. And I start digging into books and trying to look for symbology and figuring out what could be going on here. And I was having no luck. So I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was a normal college kid. So this was a Saturday and our campus was a uh, suitcase campus. Everybody left on the weekend. So you had the dorm yeah. to yourself. Mm-hmm. So being me, I'm there Saturday morning, you know, doing my laundry because <laughs> Yeah. popular college kid here yeah, there you and go. you know it's the only time you get to the washing machines it works yep but the washing machines in this building were in the basement mm. and oh, to get my. down there yeah you know where else would they be to get down there you have to go down either there's really curly stairs at the ends of the building or there's one staircase in the middle that is essentially a flight and a half of stairs with no landing in the middle i went for that staircase for whatever reason, and I walk into the door to where the stairwell is, and as soon as I walked through, the energy around it, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been around a ghost, you know that feeling I'm talking about, where it almost becomes electric, like the hair stands up and you know something is there. Right. And I had just long enough to recognize what was happening before I felt little hands on the back of my legs. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's Pushed creepy. forward. Yeah, she pushed me, <gasps> and... I dropped the laundry baskets and I ended up falling about halfway down the staircase before I could grab the banister because oh you know, I didn't want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It, it wasn't great. Oh so, I, <laughs> so I sort of took inventory. Like, you know, I still have all my body parts. I'm still functional. Right. And just really long enough to kind of turn my head and I looked to the top of the stairs uh, back to where I'd just been. Mm-hmm. And there was this little girl. I don't know, seven, eight, ten, somewhere in that range. Wow. Cute little thing, rose-colored nightgown, dark hair, dark eyes, and she's smiling at me. Wow. Possibly the cutest child I've ever seen in my life. Really? Uh-huh. And as soon as I saw her, I pretty much knew that's exactly what my friends had been seeing in their dreams. Yeah. And when I looked at her mouth, I realized why they were freaked out. So her teeth, they weren't human. Um, they were all very pointed. Very oh. skinny, very pointed, almost like a shark's teeth. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, wasn't it though? <laughs> uh, and you're so, you're in the basement at like you're at the bottom and she's at the top of the stairs at this point. And you I'm when you're like about looking a third at her, of the way down the staircase. Oh God! So, so you're even closer to her. I am, and that makes my next decision <laughs> not very bright. So. You know, when that happens, the fight or flight reflex sort of kicks in and you're like, I've got to do something. So I ran back up the stairs. I was going to catch her. That was my goal in that moment. I was going to get her. I was going to catch her. I was angry. I was upset. I'd been hurt. You know, grr. Yeah. (laughs) 
luckily for me, by the time I got to the top of the stairs, she was gone and my brain had caught up with me a little bit. Yeah. So I had that final panic moment, just realizing what had just happened and what I just tried to do. And I went back to the dorm room and I was telling my roommate, she's like, oh, these beads under your bed and tells me the whole story. And I'm like, well, <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. thanks for telling me. Great. Yeah. Right. Um, so then we had to get rid of them. Yeah. And we're on a college campus, so we can't really burn them. You can't bury them. So we tied them to a rock and took them to the Kentucky River and we threw them right. in so that when she eventually loses connection to the object, she can return to her people and go back to doing what she was doing. Yeah. Because wow. Is, she, that, is that how you do yeah. it? You got to get them to disconnect from the object? Well, that's what I felt was right in this case. You okay. see, she wasn't necessarily a malevolent spirit. She was certainly malicious. Right. But she thought she was protecting. She was doing her job. Gotcha. So I didn't really feel it was right to try and truly get rid of her, right. but just take her out where she can't harass people and allow her to go back to do what it is she does. But yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, did, um, did she seem like solid, like a real person there? Or did she have any like anything odd? Other than the teeth? Other than no. the teeth. Well, yeah, we know. <laughs> no, no, just the teeth were really odd. Wow. No, she looked completely solid. And some ghosts are very good at doing that, making themselves appear to be yeah. solid. Look like just like people. When I was younger, I would get fooled by them quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but as I got older, I was better at telling apart the living and the dead. But she, she looked like a person. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I hear so many stories mm -hmm. about seeing more like shadow people and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So. It's yep. rare, I think, to hear of seeing a fully solid apparition. Exactly. There, yeah. And in my experience, you're more often to see that with an inhuman spirit because they are a little more adept at feeding, a little bit more adept at collecting energy that's needed for that manifestation because it does take a lot of energy to do that. Right. That's incredible. I can tell you I'd never do laundry again. <laughs> And to be fair, that wasn't even the creepiest thing that happened down in the basement. Like, that's the big dramatic thing that people always like the story. But there was one time that I was down there in the actual, not the washroom, but the drying room. Yeah. And I heard something growl and just not expecting it. And I bolted. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that scared me more than being pushed down the stairs. But just <sighs> that place is wild. Yeah. Yeah. What school is that? Eastern Kentucky University. I've got to go there. <laughs> we got to go do it. Let's go check it out. That's so. That's insane. Absolutely insane. So creepy. Yeah, it was made for interesting college experiences. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, how do you know when you're, when you contact something, how do you know when you're speaking to a, a ghost versus a demon versus, you know, whatever? So, full disclosure, I've never met anything I would say is a demon. I've never yeah. met anything that identified as it or okay. that I thought was truly fitting of that definition. Yeah. But I've met lots of things that weren't people, mm -hmm. never were people. But specifically when I'm contacting them, they feel different. And that's a very sort of hard thing to explain. But a human feels very almost soft. Mm -hmm. Like it's not quite as defined. They have recognizable emotions recognizable patterns they understand speech they understand our emotions and how they work when you're dealing with things that weren't people mm -hmm. they generally feel somewhat sharper they're a little bit clearer a little more defined because that is the form that they naturally have 
It's right. not that they've lost a form that is their form. But they also don't generally speak the way humans do. Right. It's a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts. It's a lot of pressing whatever they want to onto the other person. Gotcha. And it's, you know what I mean? If you look at a tiger or a, or you look at like a orangutan, something that you know has some level of intelligence, yeah, you know it's there, but you can't quite translate it. It's very much that same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, <clears throat> I was going to ask too, do they, I mean, do, do they all communicate through speech or is it um, more thought, you know, projecting thoughts, projecting emotions? How does that work? The inhumans are almost always a projection of a thought or an emotion. Yeah. People, it depends. Um, if someone was really good at talking when they were alive, they generally stick to that. Mm -hmm. If they were a more emotional person, oftentimes they stick to that impression, that emotion, the feelings that go with things. But generally, the younger the spirit you get, the mm -hmm. more apt they are to talk. So if it was a child when it crossed, yeah. generally it's going to speak. Really? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's wild. We had um, we had uh, something that we were trying to contact in our um, in our house up in Virginia. Um, all this weird stuff just kept happening over and over and over, and it was just just too weird to be coincidence kind of thing. So we, um, well, actually, Lena named him Thomas, right? Did I name him? Yeah, you named <clears throat> him. Yeah, I know he was named Thomas for sure because we talked to him all the time. Yeah, we yeah, walk around the house and talk to him, and um, we actually set up uh, a recorder. We did EVPs one night. We actually got sounds. Um, I should, you know, I need to break that thing out, the recorder. Um, we just found it. It's somewhere in the office, I think. I think it's, yeah, it's in the office. Um, but we got a lot of, like, really, like, agonizing, groaning sounds, and we were like, it was so disturbing. It was really wild, and it went on for a long, long time. Because um, we left it on when we went to sleep. We left it on. We, we... Well, we did. We did, too. So we did because we the other thing is that we would hear footsteps up and down the stairs all the time. We'd see, like, you know, shadows crossing in front of, like, doorways and stuff. And and so we were like, all right, we need to, like, see what's going Well, then there was one night where he came into the bedroom yeah. and scared the dogs. Scared the dog. Yeah, dogs went crazy. Yeah. Um, he was, I had my necklaces, like I had push pins, like stuck in the wall with all my long necklaces kind of like hanging. And mm -hmm. it sound, and that's what woke us up is the sound of someone. It was almost like chimes, like someone like, like running their fingers through, yeah, through the through necklaces, the necklaces yeah. and so it, it, in the bathroom. And so it woke the dogs up. It woke us up and it came, um, what the dog started barking. Is that yeah, what happened? And then yeah. the, the picture that was on the wall right outside the the bathroom went crashing to the ground and shattered yeah. and the dogs went nuts and they were like then they were like barking down the hall like fixated on something yeah. but that was the only night that we'd left our bedroom door open uh -huh. so we were but but we were like freaked out enough that we were like all right we got to see what the hell's going on so we did a laptop upstairs Yep, like facing cameras, facing yeah. down the hallway. Did we ever even watch all we of it? We never did watch okay. the cameras. So we yeah. have no idea what, what's there. But then there's, we put a, a voice recorder on the kitchen table downstairs. And so yeah. all night you can, I mean, you can hear so clearly steps 
going yeah. up and down. You can hear the chairs being dragged across the floor. And then yeah. the voice came in. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Was, like, I still need wild. to live live here. Like, I cannot listen to any more yeah. of this. We couldn't believe it. And we did, we did like, a ton of research on, you know, obviously the house and all that. And the house wasn't that old. It was built in, like, 86. It wasn't that old. There was only one other owner. She didn't die. Yeah. And the other owner, we found out weird enough, sold the house and just moved right down the street. Like, a few blocks Yeah, and there away. was, like, no profit. Didn't like, they, like, take a loss on yeah, it, too? Yeah, they took a loss on the house. We're like, what's that all about? And he found out. Of, yeah, I think we but sort like, of figured it out. But like, he always like he never did anything malicious. There was nothing. It yeah. was that's why we thought he was a kid, maybe because yeah. it was always like it always Playful. seemed like little like pranks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then we would have people over, and he wasn't so nice to the guests. Yeah. Like he was super protective over. He like tried to mess with the dogs in the beginning. Remember, he'd like drag yep. Bella across the bed and stuff, yep. and then like we'd yell at him. And so he'd he stopped. He stopped messing with the dogs. But then if other people came in and like what tried to sleep over, oh, well yeah. he he locked my best Charlotte friend in the bathroom. In the bathroom. That yeah. was hilarious. We actually, had to dismantle the bathroom door. We couldn't we couldn't get it open. <laughs> It wasn't locked Effective. or anything. Yeah, it just would not open. We had to dismantle the door. But we'd also like been partying all night, and so and she was like three sheets, break. and and it was just such. Oh my oh, god, it was comedy! It we, was, we were all dying laughing. We couldn't believe it. It's still yeah. like the best thing ever. But then that wasn't it. That same night that our friend slept upstairs. It was and a different he, night. It was a different night. Yeah. He woke up with a bite mark on, on his, his foot. On his foot around his um, like his uh, heel. <laughs> he was like, he was the like, what the hell? Like, what what the kind heck? of hospitality is this? I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Locked my son out when he was outside. Yep. Yeah. Like actual, he went outside to check the um, mailbox. He just went to like the the curb to check the the, the house number. Yeah. And when he tried to get back in, the house was locked but not just locked it like the deadbolts yeah were shut yeah really wild so the the ghost did not like guests no he was was a good security system he was very protective but like but that's the thing like we figured out that if we talked to him because Mm -hmm. i mean obviously like him messing with the dogs was a no-go and so you know we kind of like put an end to that early just by like and you know you feel dumb like just talking to air but we did take there was one picture remember we yeah, we took the fireplace um and there was like this super weird shadow that like yeah. what happened to that photo we gotta find that photo but you can see like you can see the shadow and could, what was it there was something about the piping and the bricks that you like yeah you could tell that it was so in the photo, um, there's a shadow, uh, like in front of the bricks of the fireplace, um, but you could tell that it wasn't, it w- it wasn't a shadow. Like you couldn't see the lines in the bricks behind it, so it was like a solid black thing mm-hmm. there. So at first we're like, whoa, where'd that shadow? And come it looked from? like it closer... had. Remember, it looked like it had some devil horns yep, too, and we're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But yeah, the closer you looked at the photo, you could see that this isn't a shadow. This is a solid object. What the hell is it? So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know whatever happened in that photo. But, but then we love we we ended up well. It was it was kind of I guess we kind of screwed Thomas because in the end we didn't take care of him because we mm-hmm. had 
we both were working full time and then we had like a side business that was more like a little hobby thing. But then that kind of exploded into a business and we ended up having to move. But before, but like we moved before we, we kind of sold our house. And so remember then the pipe burst and the house flooded and they ended up like redoing the whole house. So I don't know what happened to Thomas. Poor guy. He's, I mean, you think he's still there? Who knows? I mean, he definitely didn't follow us. Yeah. But remember, Tanya and Bo were staying there repairing the house, and they they were freaked out by stuff yeah. that they were hearing and seeing. Yeah, they we went there. They were, they they were went. No, flooded. it was after it flooded. They were helping us do some of Drying the like the initial whatever, and they went. Yeah, they went out there without us with the whatever whatever the hell the thing is that sucks up the water, yeah. and they were there for hours. And I mean, it was an it was an empty abandoned house at that point you know so it wasn't like it's like you know made cozy by like decorations and whatever no dude it was like even when we went back i was like dude i don't i don't miss this house Bo said that like he what freaked him out the most because i heard a bunch of stuff is that um i'm so glad you remember all this stuff oh yeah i remember this too too. i don't remember that um he coughed and he heard something mimic his cough in the basement yeah. So he yeah. yeah was going to go check it out, and he said the basement door shut on him, and that was it. He left the house. He never went back to the house. That was the last time he was over there. Yeah. So it was really wild. It was like a lot of pranky stuff oh that my was God. going on. In I that forgot house. what it was like to live <clears> the ghost. But, but after we heard the sounds when we recorded the EVPs, and we heard that groaning, like agonizing kind of groaning, painful sound. Um, and we started doing research, we found that not, obviously the house wasn't very old, but the land was uh, Civil War land from um, yeah. the Battle of Manassas in Virginia. Yeah. So we're like, oh. And it was, it sounds on. exactly like a dying soldier, yeah, you know? that's what it sounded like. Somebody yeah. wounded. It, it, was, it was. And so you crazy. know what? It probably is a fucking kid. It probably is like a teen who, you know, because how young were they, were these like soldiers that they sent to go fight back in the day? They didn't have this, these like 18 and up rules, did they? I don't think so. No. It's a different kind the of time. drummer boys could be as young as 10 or 12, so they could yeah. be very young. Yeah. Oh my God. How do you do that? How do you? They had them, they had them doing like running ammo up to to the front lines. For God's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah, whatever they could do. Yep. Yep. There we were. Different time. Anyway, so that was about us. that was that was our experience. <laughs> that was like that was our big brush, and like we yeah. were good after that. Yeah, we've always been <laughs> had believers. all the ghosts you wanted. <laughs> yeah, we've always been believers, but that was the one that yeah. It's I mean, it's one. It's one thing when you can like. It's one thing if you like go to a haunted place and like you you know what you're getting into, but like I mean, at the same time, you're trained. This is something that I mean, you have lived with, so you mm-hmm. handle it. You're you're prepared to handle it a little bit better than like me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for exposure. The longer you're around it, the less phenomenal it becomes and the more just mundane. So you don't get the reactions out of us. Yeah. So if a ghost did that in my house, they'd be looking for food, trying to scare me to get that emotion so they can eat it so they can manifest more. It's the whole cycle of how they work. They wouldn't get it from me. Mm-hmm. But in a house where you've got people that don't have that much contact with the dead... Yeah. yeah, it's going to work. They're going to get the fear. They're going to freak people out, and it's going to just make the haunting stronger. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. I guess, yeah, they would feed off the energy. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Wow. Yep. Um, you know who always uh, I found really, really not just entertaining, but just interesting was Chip Coffee. Yeah. When he was on Par- Paranormal State. Um, and he's now on what, Kindred Spirits? Is he? I didn't even mm-hmm, know. I think I, so. I'm writing that down because I had to check it out. Yeah. They just did one at the uh, Salem House, the Proctor House, and he helped them run a sort of seance type thing there. It was pretty interesting. Chip's very talented. Yeah, really. Yeah. He's always been like my favorite of the um, the mediums that go in. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm writing that down. Now I'm all, I'm no, like, take yeah. your notes. You got to have your notes. <laughs> But yeah, um, so you've done seances too? You've done that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, So in grad school, I actually studied the spiritualist movement. So I was looking at the mediums and how they talk to the dead and the different methods and things like that. And I had a professor that flat out told me that seances don't happen anymore. Nobody actually does seances. Mm -hmm. So to prove him wrong, I held one myself. Yeah. (laughs) Just just to spite him. And then I called up one of my friends that actually worked on some of the shows and things like that and was like, so can you give me a time that you've run a seance at an event or something that I can cite in my master's thesis? And she was like, yep, there you go. No kidding. And you did, you did that in your thesis? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's really cool. Yep. Getting uh, paranormal topics through an academic thesis committee is uh, fun. I was just going to say, I'm sure they gave you hell for that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they tried, but if you get your research in order and if you actually go through the process, they yeah. have no choice but to accept it. Right. It's just kind of grudging. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, do you do you do séances regularly, or is it something that you you did? I here do them a couple of times a year, uh, generally yeah. speaking. Uh, the séances generally are more for the other people around than for sure. me. If I want to talk to them. I'll just do it that way, my normal way. Yeah. But if there's other people that need to ask questions, get answers, things like that, a seance or a sort of channeling session really is easier. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, I'm a medium, but the the definition of a medium is someone that allows their body to become a medium yeah. for something else to speak through, work through, write through, whatever it happens to be. Right. I don't share well. Um <laughs> Yeah. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. Uh, so I don't generally do the sort of trans possessions, things like that, but something more akin to a channeling where it's less of a possession sure. sort of style of things and more of a very loose version of that or a I'm repeating exactly what they're saying. Gotcha. That makes and it, sense. It, yeah. Yeah. How do, you, how do you learn to become a medium? How does it happen? Uh, I saw my first ghost when I was about a year and a half old. So for me, it wasn't so much learning how to become, but how to function as a normal human. Wow, no kidding. With the odd stuff as well, yeah. Yeah, I want that gift. I've always wanted that. (laughs) I want to be able to communicate with with the other side kind of thing. Most people can get it to an extent. Um, Would it be a solid seeing of dead people? Possibly. Yeah. But generally, most people can get to the fact where they can feel them and they can get basic answers through those feelings. If you start learning what the energy feels like and things like that. But everybody has it to some extent. Like, you yeah. know, when you walk into a room and there's been an argument and you can feel it? Yeah. Yep. It's the same thing. Yeah. So is there a way to, to train to um, develop those, those? I don't know how to, what, what you would even call I don't want to say skills. I guess it's skills, but. It's a quirk. It's a thing. It's yeah. 
psychic awareness is what it basically is. There's lots of books on it, but the one thing that when I'm working with someone that you always start with is getting them to a place where they can feel where they are, Mm -hmm. where their energy is, and where other things start. Because when you can learn to identify what is yours, you can get better at identifying what is external. Because a lot of times people have those feelings and they're like, I'm just imagining things. Yeah. A lot of times when you're brushing aside, oh, I get this creepy feeling somebody's watching me, but I know I'm alone, so I'm imagining it. Yeah. Generally, you're not. Um, And it's learning to feel what is external and what is real. A lot of people, a lot of people have uh, abilities when they're sleeping. They can see things or know things or see events or people or things in their dreams. Yeah. It's a very common skill. And the easiest way to go about something like that is to journal it, write it down and write it down in ink. And by doing that, you can go back and say, yes, I saw that I was going to see George walking into a pizza place. I saw that three months ago. I wrote it down right here and I have Uh, it in ink. So, you know, it's not been changed. So that's a very common way. But once you start figuring out where your sort of talents lie, be it in feeling those feelings or having those dreams, you can start focusing on that. Because everybody has sort of a weird cocktail of abilities sure. like you've got empathy and you've got psychic abilities that are more common like either seeing the future or being able to talk to ghosts things like that and you get like weird amounts of each one so sure everybody's got a weird different sort of setup yeah hmm. i'd like to do i like to uh would like to play with that it's How always about, Lena, fun Lena, you want to do that you want to develop try to develop our psychic abilities I'm tired, man. <laughs> it's like, it just sounds. Much. I'm like, um, that's the thing is, is like, that's got it. You have to be like, well, you know what? I'm so tired right now that like I can't even think about it. But it's like that's something that you need to be like well rested and like good energy and just yeah, yeah does help. Yeah, sure. Have you ever had an event that just absolutely terrified you? Yes. Tell me about uh... it. <laughs> Uh, so the one that scared me the most hands down happened when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I was laying in my bed. I was reading a book. It was at night, but I wasn't asleep and I felt a ghost come into the room completely normal for my experience of things. I have one particular ghost that will always come in at night and I'll sit and he'll talk. Just, it was the first ghost I ever saw. He's keeps coming back. Just very normal. So this happened and nothing odd. Cool. Cool. But I'm not feeling super social. So moody teenager go away i don't want to talk to you basically yeah and i felt something sit on the bed next to me again not super odd not super common but not super odd just still go away Mm -hmm. and the next thing i know he lays down next to me and wraps his arm around me and i was out of that bed so quick yeah oh that was yeah that was the time that i was just like nope nope i'm this no too far too far i'm yeah I went and sat in the bathtub <laughs> because if it sits down here and you can't feel it. it makes that, it better. Yeah. You know, it's just that panic logic. Uh, but that was the time that I was just like, yeah, you know, it was overwrought essentially. It was weird. And I know who the ghost was and looking back, I know what he was trying to do and he wasn't trying to be weird. Wasn't trying to be creepy. He was trying to comfort me. And I was just, yeah, just took the wrong way to do it. But yeah. that's the one that sticks out to me is just like super terrifying. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm good, but as, as soon as something touches me, yeah, it's over. Yeah. I haven't had that happen, but 
I can imagine that that's the that that would be my tipping point as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't touch me, please. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, do you do any services for people? Do you do any? Do you do readings? Do you do any of that stuff? <laughs> Uh, I don't do readings. There is people that are much better at it than I am. Sure. Uh, again, looking at that sort of where your talents lie, yeah. I can do the readings, but I'm exhausted afterwards. Like sure. it's not a sustainable thing for me. I do them in very extreme situations for people in crisis, basically. Mm -hmm. The general service that I'm offering a service, it is generally if somebody has a inhuman spirit in their house or a ghost in their house causing trouble, I will help them broker a peace with it. Okay. Uh, or okay. learn how to do that and yep. I deal with people who are coming into their abilities or people who have psychic children oh, that are wow. trying to learn how to deal with that I've heard that's pretty common actually children that have that super common super common yeah. most kids can actually see things up to a point and then it sort of starts going away yeah so it's very common hmm. I wonder why that is I wonder if it has something to do with brain development as as because I know as adults we sort of lose a percentage of the brain that we use as we as we age so i wonder if that has yeah. anything to do with it it might and it might be something about them being closer to the veil literally having just been born especially mm -hmm. the young young children being more akin to what they were experiencing before or something like sure. that there's lots of theories i'm not yeah. sure any of them fully explain it yeah wow that's wild so um, do you travel to do these things? Oh, yeah. I travel to do uh, lots of conventions. I travel to do shows. Um, I travel yeah. to do research. Lots of, lots of places, lots of reasons, lots of, lots of dead things. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Wow. That's really cool. Man. Never gets boring, I no. guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some new adventure to embark upon. You get the weird emails saying you know i saw x y and z and you're like mm, yeah that sounds like fun yeah yeah <laughs> do you have uh, anything coming up as far as uh convention shows any of that stuff uh unfortunately coronavirus oh, did take true. out all my shows for last year yeah. and has taken out the only show that i was going to do this year but everything's been moving back so hopefully that will change shortly but as of right now yeah still not much going on yeah, yeah. i always forget man, i don't know how i forget about that but i do yeah so right on well i don't want to keep you all night i want to thank you so much for your time thank you for thank you for having us. me um i want to give you the floor and let you plug any i don't know if you have a blog site or anything that um a way that people can contact you if they have something creepy crawly going around going through their house <laughs> absolutely if anybody wants to get a hold of me, easiest way to do it is my Instagram. I check that constantly if you have any weird things, psychic kids, any issues like that. And that's Adamarna Marie, which is A-M-A-R-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. And I, I have some things that are working on coming out, but nothing that I have a solid date for. But when those dates are given to me, that'll all be up on my Instagram as well, so... Very cool. Always projects. Yeah, we'll bug you and we'll have you back on here too. Sounds good. Yeah, you're a joy. Yeah, I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface yeah. of of yeah. all the like stories and experiences. Oh, we're gonna and, get into some other stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely and gonna goodies have you on that you have soon. to share. 
I want to get into oh, yeah, Hellier. There's, there's going to be some weird stuff here shortly, I think. Yeah. Oh. I want to get into Hellier. I want to get into some yep. of the interesting thing you showed me right before we got on. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's a whole other rabbit hole, and that'll be an, uh, be in another hour at least. <laughs> so, Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Everybody, this is Stephanie Bingham. She's awesome. She will be back. She doesn't know it, but she will. Um, Stephanie, you're great. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You guys were really fun to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everybody else, thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out. Um, and this will be available on iTunes and all the major podcast outlets. Um, and Stephanie, I'll shoot you links for all that too. Sounds good. All righty. Thank you, guys. I'm going to do the outro, and we are out of here. You've been listening to the Warrior Within podcast. We'll see you next time. If you've got the to return.